spiritual involution. That's our podcast. You said that pretty good. All right. Welcome to the spiritual involution. Hi. Hello, everyone. Dun, dun, dun. That sounds like it's a Isn't ominous it? podcast dun, dun, we're about dun, dun. to do. We are going to be talking about hell. Uh, no, I'm no. David. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm David. I'm Katie. And Actually, we haven't talked about hell or evil yet. That oh. should be on our radar. Yeah. Wow. Well, we won't do that. Well, we have a well, kind of maybe a lighter topic. Not really. Well, you were you were saying Katie was saying, um, uh, what if we talked about forgiveness again? Because uh, it might be a lie for people. Things to forgive. Yeah. Not to forgive. Well, you were saying you had a list on your phone that you'd almost like kind of I, forgotten about. I did because years ago, or yeah, some time ago. I had a thought that I was going to do um, a series of two-minute videos, like self-recorded videos, like a two-minute toolbox. And so I... Was that I, the name of it? Did you have a clever oh, name? Yeah, two-minute toolbox. Oh, nice. Yep. And and then I reached out to my network, my friends, um, people that I hang out with, people like you, and I asked questions like, what matters to you? What would you like to know? What would you love to have answered? What would you like to explore? And I received a beautiful onslaught of questions like, I'm feeling blue, what can I do? Um, how do I go to a job I hate? Um, will I ever find love? How do I know I've truly forgiven? And the forgiveness word came up several times. Mm -hmm. and that's when you said... That... When we had asked people's opinion earlier in the earlier podcast and, and many people kind of chimed in with what they they thought or the questions that they had. Uh-huh. What oh, it was the podcast we did where you would ask the question, What question do I need to what ask? What question the do most? I need to ask the most? And one of the questions which I didn't think we dove into, but we didn't dive into any of the questions really. We just kinda wanted to mostly state them and uh, give them awareness. But this question of forgiveness came up, which was something, I might be butchering it a bit, but it was something like, when do I know I've forgiven enough? Yeah. And you had replied, well, in that question lies the answer. Like, if you don't think you've forgiven enough, then you haven't forgiven enough. Right. And I was just really hung up after I, we ended that with the word enough. Like, why is it bothering me so much? And... And it occurs, well, keep in mind, enough wasn't my word. I know. Was, it's just the word that was like tr triggering a, like further investigation in my head. Like there's a right amount or a wrong amount. Right. And I was thinking, forgiveness is a tricky thing. It It isn't an enough, right? It's an actual feeling of letting it go. Like it's really, it's a point when you've decided to let it go. And this could be... You know, so different for everybody. And I often think of my the forgiveness that's hardest to let go is the forgiveness for yourself. You know, things you've done or are ashamed of. And how do you forgive yourself? At least for me, I, I think I'm pretty good at forgiving others. I think. <laughs> but I know I don't forgive myself easily. And I sometimes I think I do and then it comes back. And... You know, how many people do you think are feeling this way? And I'm thinking about how when you don't forgive yourself, it must manifest in other ways. First off, what is forgiveness? I think it's, well, that's a good question. To me, it's 
it's uh, <clears throat> understanding my limits as a human, recognizing I may have made a mistake and giving it up to be let go of. So, you know, you know, I grew up Catholic, right? And I used to do this exercise when I was younger where if something was bothering me and I felt really bad about it, I would talk to Jesus and I would say, I feel so bad about this. Please, Jesus, make sure the person knows how bad I feel. And I, I would like you to help me lift this load and know I would like some sort of forgiveness. Um, and that helped. It felt like somebody else, Jesus or God, took it for me and let it go. Okay. And that's a, a weight that lifted. And I wasn't going on every day thinking about it, worrying about it, um, wishing I could go back in time and change what I said. Uh, part of it for me is to tangibly do the things I need to do. Like if I hurt you, I want to make sure you know I feel bad about it. So I'll come to you and I'll say, David, I don't know why I said that. I mean, I'm feeling so guilty about what I said. You're a true friend. Can you forgive me? Something where I'm earnestly asking your forgiveness. And hopefully this is a one-time thing where it's not like a repetitive insult uh -huh. that I'm giving you. And then on my part, since I did everything I could to do the right thing after I did something I wish I didn't, how do you then forgive yourself and not dwell on it to like make yourself miserable? So I was looking up the word forgiveness. <laughs> it says forgiveness means to forgive. <laughs> well, that's not helpful. No. So then I had to do another search to forgive. It's a verb. So it's an action to stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone for an offense, a flaw, or a mistake. So that works. Yeah. So the offense, though, is towards you, is, is difficult. It also means to cancel a debt. Hmm. Like you forgive someone's loan. And that might be where that question was going. Do super egregious acts where you are just feeling that you did something so horrible, do people feel like there's more debt to pay than maybe if I just accidentally kicked you in the shin or something are there different levels of forgiveness or is mm. it really about being able to recognize you feel bad you, you're human it happens and and you got to let it go don't let it haunt your dreams you know how deep do you want to go with this well deep, deep as you deep can as go can. As deep as we can with that. No, let's just keep it super superficial and shallow. Shallow. Okay. <laughs> That's what the people want. No, Shallowness. Um, Have you ever had anything where you found it hard to forgive? Uh, well, let's say, is it first of all, is it easier for you to forgive yourself or other people? Or do you find it equal? At this stage in my life... I don't have the distinction between self and others regarding um, uh, love, let's say, self-love or love for others, uh, forgiveness of others or forgiveness of self. They're, they're equally as easy and equally as hard for me. So what would make it easy or hard? Well, I, the things that occur to me in my mind, things that might be difficult to forgive, um, would be uh, severe um, acts of uh, violence towards someone, um, murdering, or maybe even accidentally causing the death of a beloved. Um, 
the dismemberment body parts, you know, things that that um, create a a daily a daily loss. Mm-hmm. You know, like the loss of a mate or a spouse. Um, there's a, so there's a daily impact on your life, and not just in your head, but in your daily life. I, I, that's what occurs to me, that that would require some real mental gymnastics for me. Do you think when you're trying to forgive someone, and I know there's a quote by some famous person out there about how when you're, when you're not able to forgive the other person, the weight's actually on you. It's, it's actually hurting you more in the act of not being able to forgive because it's, it's getting into your every day, right? It's, it's making tomorrow and yesterday tainted, but then it's so much easier to say this and do it. Yes. You and I have pretty amazing lives. Like our lives are stellar. So, um, some of the conversation we might have will be probably purely intellectual. However, when I, when I, when I asked you like how deep you want to go, I was thinking our, our real nature is the same nature as the thing itself. And I heard years ago, one of my early teachers said, God cannot forgive. And I remember thinking, I better defend God here. But she said, God cannot forgive because God does not condemn. And forgiveness is only necessary where condemnation is present. So... So this is going into sin and evil a little well, bit. Well, <laughs> it could be but sin is, let's say, sin meaning, meaning let's say, uh, let's use a, a standard, a shared definition. For me, sin might be you've, you've um, strayed from your nature. you strayed from your potential. You, you, they say the word is an old archery term, meaning uh, you didn't hit the center of the bullseye, therefore you've missed the mark. You've sinned, so you've missed the mark. I don't know if that's true. But anyway... Uh, but condemnation implies that there is something that was wrong you did something wrong okay but uh, I'll use it find another word for condemnation uh, but I get that what you're saying is God doesn't even do the condemning part so if you can't do the condemning part there's no forgiving part well the forgiving it's not even necessary because there was no there was no uh, no infraction there was no ticket given to you you were not uh, cited so how does this God look at someone who brutally murdered somebody else for no reason other than to get their I, I don't know. Now, car we're getting, now we're getting into theory. I don't. I actually don't know. I I don't know. I do think if I did know, I might have a lot more peace. So recently uh, on Facebook, one of my colleagues, a uh, female minister, her name is Sharon Dunn. Sharon Dunn commented on a Facebook posting in which I was tagged and it was something about conditional versus unconditional love. And she, she gave a clarification to that post. She said, there is no such thing as, as unconditional love. There's only love. If there are conditions, it's not love. It's conditions. True. However, when we're talking about forgiveness and condemnation and things being right or wrong, my heart is going to the biggest love I know, which is my children, right? Uh-huh. I will never not love my children, no matter what they do. 
However, yeah, we've seen that on we've seen every mother on the news. <laughs> right. However, there's still times when I have to recognize, you know, that's not okay behavior. You're hurting your brother's feelings. Yep. Or so I'm trying to find that line between Is there a difference between consequences and condemnation? Well, I don't know because the consequence is implying that they are doing something that's not right, but if I was acting in accordance to, let's say, the thing itself for God, anything they're doing should be right. Well, the, yeah, and in the big scheme of things, there would be no wrong. However, if we want harmony and we want to play a game well, let's say, if there's a four-way stop and four cars approach it at the same time, there's an agreement so we can have a harmony at that intersection. It doesn't mean one person is better and the person on the left who goes last is not as good. It's simply the the rules we play for harmony. Right. Okay, so if we're going through harmony, this is starting to make sense with forgiveness. So if somebody, let's say, did something horrific that I don't even want to allow my brain to go to, but I'm going there, um, I'm trying to think how honestly I could forgive someone, let's say, who ran a red light, hit my car, and killed my children. Yeah, let's not even have that conversation. Okay. Because it's, it's too dark to even think about. But I'm going there. I already went there. My head I already know. went there. I know. And I'm trying to think. My heart wouldn't think that person is a bad person. However, their act and what they took from me would be just to a level that I don't... I'm really thinking, like, how do you forgive that? How, how, how do people forgive these huge things? And... As, as we sit here saying we don't want to think about it, these things happen. They're not unusual. I mean, they're not super common, but I'm sure there's people out is there. It, well, let's, there's, there's two words at play in my head. One of them has been pronounced, and that's forgiveness. What you're describing is pardon. Do we pardon somebody? You know, like, like a governor can pardon a criminal. There's a difference. I think I understand that. What I would like to do or be able to do um, would be to not let it harbor in my soul for years and years and years where I'm carrying around this sense of you may not be able to you hatred you may something. not be able to we are organic beings and things occur and then they become part of our biochemistry too but some people are able to do it like when you were at, you gave this sermon once and I think it was about an Amish Yes. Group. Yep. Who forgave yes. the people who like blew up their church or something? Yeah. And that, in a way, and killed their kids. And killed their kids. And that, in a way, seems liberating to me for that community. Because so let's look at that community. Yeah, let's look. They at them. live. They live their spirituality twenty four seven. Right. It's not something that happens once a week. It's not a hobby. Their and spirituality is not a hobby. And what is their spirituality telling them about forgiveness? I don't know. I want to find that out. Okay. What do they know about? What is it that they're living every day that they can have that type of strength to do that type of forgiveness? There's a, there's a person that I know. There's a person that I know who created some havoc, created some, some um, disharmony. And maybe didn't instigate or start it, but participated and then perpetuated it. Okay? It doesn't make this person a bad person in my mind. 
it um, the actions are completely forgivable. Forgivable meaning like it's irrelevant in the daily scheme of my life, and and I no longer need to have a relationship with this person. So. When I think about the topic of forgiveness, I think about that person in particular. So I have the sense of freedom in that I don't have ill will, I don't harbor ill will, I don't wish bad upon them, I don't have conversations with them in my head, I don't curse them, um, I don't go out of my way to turn my back on that person. But that person has no room, I have no room in my life for them anymore. So if I see that person, um, I'm, I'm probably going to be as genuine and um, friendly, friendly, interactively, but I'm not going to use my life energy to pursue a continuation of a relationship, if you will. Right. So why I'm telling you this and why, why I'm saying this in this uh, particular environment that person is just as equal in the eyes and mind of creation from my perspective. And what that person's up to in their life and how they move through the world is not in alignment with what works for me. So I am choosing that there's no room in my daily experience for that. But it doesn't mean that, that they're a bad person or a less person or not as good a person. Yeah. And, and the word forgiveness comes up for me there because that's the true experience. I don't, I don't have a judgment, except I have a discernment that I don't want that in my life. Yeah. I, I agree. I think I, um, there's definitely people in my life who I, I can put in that category where I've gotten to a point where I, I actually wish them the best in life. There's a lot of love I have for them, but they do not, um, they, they add as a, maybe the word is they're a disruptor of my harmony. Right. And, and for that reason, I've just chosen to keep that person kind of on the sidelines. But again, if I saw so them on the street, they don't street, have to be condemned. They're not, no. they're not part of some condemnation or in a prison in your mind. No, they're just not invited to the party. They're, and that's a good distinction because you do have to set boundaries. You know, there's you can't just let <laughs> anyone walk in and disturb things that maybe just don't need to be. Then disturbed. we just have chaos, right? I think that type of forgiveness is is easier for me to understand than either the kind of forgiveness we were talking about earlier where it's just so horrific or, and I think this is what the person who was commenting about, if I think hard enough about how she said it was, when have I forgiven enough to like move on with my life? You know, like I feel like there's people myself, I've felt included who cannot forgive themselves enough to feel like they deserve happiness. Okay. So let's, let's, I'm going to talk about the elephant in the room. I often hear, and I do often hear this, like, like I've heard it many times in my ministry. People have, they have um, a, a childhood that is pretty ugly and abuse that is um, alarming. And they might venture into circles, communities, in which they feel love and they feel loved and they have the experience that God is life and God is beauty. 
Therefore, they start thinking, I need to forgive my parent. Mm -hmm. I need to forgive that. And so that's where oftentimes a struggle comes with a parent. But what I really think is at play there, really, I really think what's at play is the person is still hoping for a better past. They're still wishing that they got the parent they deserved rather than the one that they got. Like um, so many people in today's world, um, they, they lost the lottery when it comes to mom and dad. They lost it, mm-hmm. but but their their little boy, little girl, is forever hungering for mommy and daddy. So their whole life is, if I could just do something differently, then I'll get mommy or I'll get the daddy that, that I deserve. So I've heard people say, "Well, it's time for me to forgive," but I'm not sure that forgiveness is even appropriate because what they're really hoping for is another chance at the mom or dad they should have got. That's one way to look at it. That is one way that I've seen it over and over and over. Another way that <clears throat> to look at it, which I had never thought of, is that in those scenarios yeah. as well, what they're really trying to look for, again, is to forgive themselves. Because in those dynamics, when you are abused as a child, I have heard that it's very complicated, the emotions that are stirred up and oftentimes the abuser or the abusee the person that's being abused has some sort of love for the abuser because they're your parent they at sometimes provide you you know necessary things for survival there's an instinctive quality where you love them and you need them and i have heard that there's this weird twisted conflict internally of people that were abused as children where they feel shame for loving that person and that's the true forgiveness you know i really don't think you should have to forgive the parent necessarily or at least in the way where it's pardoned like you say maybe in the way that you recognize that that parent themselves was abused and it's a again a trauma carried on but to forgive yourself like you weren't you are a child who depended on this person. So the fact that you love the person that also treated you that way is not something to hold on to as shame anymore. You know, and I, I often wonder when someone told me that or described it to me that way, it's like, wow, it's just so much more complicated. Yeah, isn't it? Everything is so complicated. <laughs> Everything is so complicated. And so simple at exactly the same time. And it brings you back to that question. When have I forgiven enough? And... To the people out there looking, if you have to ask that question, when have I forgiven enough? It feels to me that you have. It's just haunting you. You have forgiven enough and you're worthy of letting yourself be forgiven. You're totally worthy of it. Don't, I don't, I don't know how to trigger that more than just acknowledge their worth. You, you, you remember me saying uh, that our friend Edward says that forgiveness is giving the other person safe passage through your mind. And through your mind means it goes through. It doesn't linger there and stay in your mind. Safe passage through my mind. If I think about somebody and they're walking through my mind, they have safe passage. I'm not attacking them, shooting them, killing them. I'm not condemning them, imprisoning them. They they have passage. If I think about them, they come and they go. I don't trap them um uh well anyway so if somebody 
when somebody asks, when do I know I've forgiven enough? For me, the question implies that they, they have not enough for themselves because they're still thinking about it. Their answer is not satisfied. Yeah. Huh. Huh. What do you think? I still feel all these different thoughts, but I like the idea of a safe passage. And when someone says they haven't forgiven enough, I just imagine a little traveler going through one ear <laughs> yeah. and getting stuck there. Yeah. And Don't they? And yeah, and they Don't you have things that stick in your head? They haven't walked out the other ear yet. Yep. And all that's needed to let the traveler through is in your own mind to lift the wall. It's up let them go. It's up to you to do that. Whether or not you feel like you have served some sort of, you know, price yet or quota to fulfill to lift the the wall, but really it is easy to lift if you just let it Trust that you you've 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 earned it. You've earned the traveler to walk through. <laughs> you know, we are. Um, it's just we're all messed up a little bit. None of none of us are going to get through this life without hurting someone else at some point, and doing something that we wish we didn't. And at the same point, we're not going to get away with going through life without having someone else do something that's obviously feels unfair, unjust cruel um that's just that just seems like part of life so we i think focusing on how to let that traveler through is a good uh good idea and i get to practice that every day with the people in my lives in my life right don't you i do and it's nice when you're an adult and you can really like you said choose who to let into your life when you're a kid, unfortunately, some of those people are your parents and they're, you don't get to choose, but that's a whole nother podcast probably. Another podcast we should do sometime <clears throat> is, the, is grounding and earthing. Ooh, yes. I just read about earthing. I didn't even know about earthing. What? Earthing. You're like, you're a science of mind preacher. You don't know earthing? I know it. This I'm is learning. like right up your... Right up my alley, I guess, apparently. So let's talk sometime about grounding and earthing. I think we talked about it once briefly where we said we both like to walk without our shoes on. Yes, but I didn't know... I, you, did you use the word earthing? I think so. Or grounding. It's I don't funny. remember. You've, I'm sure you said <laughs> it and I didn't hear it. But lately I've been thinking about earthing. Like sometimes I just need to earth. Yeah. Take off my shoes... And not concrete and not pavement, but dirt or grass or sand or gravel or rock, like earthing. Yeah. That's a great way to forgive. Right? Anything else right now? Um, <laughs> I was gonna, I did have a thought, but I'm really focusing oh, on me. listening to you and then I forgot my thought. Do you remember now? No, but it was something about earthing, but I forget. You said Nuts. we talked about walking barefoot and... I don't know. Anyway, some, I don't know. Sometime let's do it. Let's do a chat. I'd like to learn more about earthing, because I just read a rather long article and oh, I remember. Tell me, <laughs> you read the article. Do you notice though when you do read something, then 
it just pops up everywhere. Of course. And you think it's like the universe talking, but it's really, I think, you just becoming aware of this concept that you've kind of learned on a deeper level. This is why the world, so <laughs> everything in the world, you've you've created and you've invented because it's all there and it's all neutral, but you're suddenly seeing it because that's what you're looking at. Um, Edward calls it the Red Jeep Theory. Oh. Do you know about the Red Jeep no. Theory? Oh, here's the Red Jeep Theory. <laughs> the Red Jeep Theory. Uh, he moved the Red here. Jeep yep. Theory. Okay. He moved here from South Africa. Uh, back in the 80s, and he was in Burbank, Southern California, and he got a driver's license, and he decided to buy a car. So he was thinking, what kind of car does he want? And he realized, ah, I want a red Jeep. He wanted a red Jeep Wrangler. And he said, overnight, it was as if Chrysler Corporation and the Jeep Corporation had just pumped out red Jeeps overnight. They were everywhere, suddenly everywhere. And he, he became aware that they had always been there. There were always these red jeeps. They were just not part of his awareness or part of his focus. And now that they were real for him, he was seeing them everywhere. And that is true of just about everything, which so is also made... true about bad news. Oh yes, I was just gonna go the other way and say, Good, what if our there. what if our red jeep was kindness? Kindness or earthing or earthing or or forgiveness or generosity. But when you really focus on kindness. Sometimes I wake up with like, that's my, I'm going to look through the worldview of kindness and I notice it everywhere. But if you're focusing on the bad news, you, you miss it. Like the person opened up the door, mm. you know, to the, mm. to the store, gave you a smile while you're walking along or I don't know. It's just like, is, is the world more kind? Cause I woke up thinking I'm going to focus on kindness or is the world just kind and I'm mostly oblivious to it. Yeah. Hopefully it's the, I'm oblivious to it. Yeah. <laughs> Right? Yeah. So next time we sent each other some articles on the news, though, and how... Yeah, let's talk about um, the news next time. And how we should not watch it. Yeah, okay. yeah let's, have, let's have a different relationship with news. And we should know what the, the news is doing to us. You know what's funny, though? What? Is, okay, as I'm not watching news, I've just given up on the news. And I've given up on a lot of general, big cultural things, like the Super Bowl. I, I honestly didn't know who was in it until like a week before, even mm. though it was the 49ers, our local team. And Me too. And I have no idea what's going on with the impeachment. I, I just honestly can't even look at it. But and, I and feel... It's over. Twitter. Okay, it's over. <laughs> Thank you. But it makes... It also makes you feel like you're not part of the world. No, 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 no. Like, Let's talk. Um, no, we no. got to stop talking okay. right now. This is the next episode. <laughs> the next. So watch the one on the news because the, the thing is... You are designed to think that you are a bad citizen if you're not aware of what's going on. But the reality is your community will tell you what's going on. Um, when's the last time you heard anything on the news that really, really mattered to like, your life? I don't know. I haven't watched. I don't listen no, to the news. In your life. When did you life. hear something on the news? Like, oh, tidal shit. wave is coming. Run. <laughs> or, or really. Like, do you really need to know what politicians well, doing what? How they're... And doesn't even you don't even need it for the weather anymore that's on your phone. Nope. Yeah. Nope. It's pretty yeah. Nope. I, yeah. Nope. It's all fear. Nope. Yep. Totally. Okay, well next time we'll really dive yep. into that. Yep. So if you all are listening and want to add your two cents. These poor on, people are trying to get off this thing now. For two minutes we've been saying we're leaving. Let's <laughs> we're leaving. be done with it. Bye. Forgive everyone. Maybe. <laughs> I don't even know if we solved that whole topic. And so it is. And so it is. Ta ta.